0: This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio episode number 62. What do the characters in The Wizard of Oz have in common with great leadership? The scarecrow, the tin man, and the lion are all symbols of core attributes of a successful leader. Thought, heart, and courage. Through this wonderful story, our special guest shares wisdom that will help you to inspire others, and keep you all on the yellow brick road.
1: Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance and advance your career. Brought to you by Women's Leadership and Career Expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment and balance in business and life no matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line.
0: This is Sabrina Braum with womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today I'm very excited to be interviewing the author of Toto's Reflections, The Leadership Lessons from the Wizard of Oz. The book was written by Dr. Kevin Feckenscher, who is the president and CEO of the American Medical Informatics Association uh, near Washington D.C. They serve as an association of informaticians, the healthcare professions that are involved in taking individual in- information and applying informatics to create intelligence that drives innovation to improve healthcare. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Dr. Fickenshire, excuse me, Dr. Fickenshire. Welcome to our show.
2: Good to be here. Thank you very much.
0: Could you say a little more about your background? You have so many, so much leadership um, experience in your background. Could you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Well, my background uh, is that I grew up uh, on a small uh, farm in in Nebraska, and lived in small towns in Nebraska and North Dakota and then uh, ended up uh, in a variety of leadership positions. When I went to medical school, I was the president of the American Medical Student Association. I got very involved as I went into my professional career in in family medicine as a leader in the National Rural Health Association. So I've had a bunch of leadership roles over the years, and I've actually viewed myself as more of a student of leadership, so I, I really feel that if you're a student of leadership, you're always learning. And I think leadership is something where everyone is always learning. There is no end point from my perspective.
0: I think that's a, a really good attitude to have. The people uh, who aren't, don't have that attitude don't seem to make very good leaders.
2: Well, you know, one of the things I've learned over time is that uh, some of my best uh, learnings have come from my biggest failures, and um, it's by being open to failure and being open to the possibility that you just haven't done as good as you could do and learning from those experiences and trying to take the nuggets uh, that you can capture as a result of those uh, uh, periods where you sort of reflect on what you did and learn from that so that you um, are, do a better job the next time. I think that's what leadership is really all about.
0: And I, I don't know of anyone that's a leader that hasn't had a failure. It's It's just... It's part of what happens to us as leaders and as humans.
2: I would agree with that. As a matter of fact, that's one of Toto's lessons. Uh, Toto talks about that. One of the things that's really important uh, to remember about the story of Toto, I think everybody remembers when Miss Gulch uh, came over to the farm and demanded that uh, Toto be turned over to her because she was going to have him destroyed. I remember that very distinctly as a kid growing up, that she was going to have him destroyed. And so Toto is taken by Miss Gulch and she's placed into this basket and she pushes uh, she places the basket on the back of her bicycle and as she pedals away all of a sudden you see this little dog sort of peer out from underneath the basket looking out recognizing that if he doesn't take a leap that you know life is maybe going to be over and so Taking a leap is one of the important lessons of, uh, of leadership, that it's more than just rhetoric. It's more than just talking about taking action. It's actually showing people what action is all about. And I think that's maybe one of the very first lessons of leadership.
0: That's, that's a beautiful place to start. And, and how did Toto or how can we know when to take that leap, when to uh, go off the path we're on and go on to another one?
2: Well, you know, one of the lessons I talk about in the book from Toto is that we need to embrace the world and have no fears. And, you know, I don't know that there's ever a time where you, you know absolutely that taking a leap is the right thing to do. But it, it almost becomes intuitive that at a certain point after you've gotten enough information, you just know that you know now is the time and you've got to show your stuff, if you will and uh, regardless of what comes may, you know. And I think that uh, that, that is an important part of uh, perhaps learning the style of leadership over, uh, you know, many experiences.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. And you really can't know if you're making the right decision or not sometimes. You just have to, you do have to take that leap.
2: Yep, you do. And I think you have to make a leap based on who you are one of the things that I think is really important for people who are going to be effective as leaders is that you need to know not just your skills, not just your capabilities, but you need to know who you are inside of yourself. And so that, from my perspective, means that you have to have a certain set of values. I remember very distinctly, I tell people all the time that, gosh, it was maybe 40 years ago, I sat down with myself and I had a retreat And at my retreat with myself, I decided that I had a certain set of values that I was going to um, maintain as part of my leadership style for how I was going to work with people. And it was about being responsible. It was about integrity. It was about creativity and excellence. And those are my values that I've carried forward with myself all these years. And I think that having that sense, that foundation, if you will, is an important part of being a, a good leader.
0: That that really makes a lot of sense, and um, I the women that listen to the program, some of them are really good at speaking up, but a lot of women, especially I think, have difficulty finding their voice. And in the book, you talk about the quiet people, mm-hmm. and uh, can you say a little more about that and and how a woman might develop her voice if she's been a been quiet say, in meetings or not speaking up?
2: Sure. I think, uh, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is uh, quiet people being, uh, you know, the munchkins. And uh, the fact is, you know, Dorothy would never have gotten to the Emerald City without the munchkins. And the munchkins appeared at the most uh, interesting times when you least expected them. They'd all of a sudden be there and they'd bounce forward and they would say, hey, Dorothy, maybe you should go down the yellow brick road. And uh, in life, in my experience, that's really very true in in leadership, that frequently what we find is that the people that can give us the best guidance, the people that uh, know the way, if you will, are those that are frequently not listened to. They're the ones that are sort of uh, the support cast, if you will. And I think um, for those people that... Uh, are in the background, it's important to listen to them and to understand what they have to say and that uh, a really good leader, uh, if you listen to the support team, if you can be open to their suggestions, if you can distill their ideas, can be very, very effective in knowing which way to go and which direction and have a great deal of confidence that as they move forward, they're making the right decisions. So I think that's one way of capturing the essence of the quiet ones.
0: Is the lead. If the woman's in a leadership position, she needs to listen to those quiet people that are around her.
2: Absolutely. I think it's really crucial. I think the other thing is that, you know, I think in certain ways, um, from my perspective, uh, and obviously, you know, I'm I'm a guy, but I think women also um, exhibit some other capabilities that are really important in leadership. You know, it's obvious when you think about the Wizard of Oz that you're going to talk about thinking We're going to talk about heart. We're going to talk about courage, and those are all really important. Uh, I think thinking really comes from reflection uh, over time as we think about, uh, you know, what is the best direction for us to take an organization. Heart really comes from really showing our vulnerabilities, if you will, and I think women are much better at showing their vulnerabilities and sharing their attitudes and their expectations than men are in general. I think that's generally true mm-hmm. and um, you know at the end of the day uh, using that uh, the fact that you're open and you're vulnerable using that to inspire people I think is important so that's hard courage really is is gaining the commitment I guess of other people and it's not about the bravado it's more about gaining commitment and I think in in many respects women really are able to tie these three elements of thinking, of courage, and heart together into what I call the essential triad that is important for really facilitating another idea that Toto talks about, which is if you're going to be a good leader, you have to have collaboration. You have to have collaboration of your team, and that's really the glue that makes coming together and working together possible. And I think in my experience, at least, uh, you know, I, I'm a physician, I've worked in clinical settings, my, you know, my first resident that I ever experienced was a, was a woman, uh, I went in medical school with lots of women, my experience with them is that they really are very good at pulling things together, at, at getting people to work together. And I think that's a real uh, a skill that is inherent uh, towards the feminine side of uh, the human condition.
0: I agree. I want to go back to what you said about thinking because your definition of thinking is not one um, that you read a lot in leadership books. The whole, the whole aspect that you can have all these thoughts or the group can have a lot of different thoughts, but it's important to, to pause and reflect and, and really give some thought to how you want to proceed.
2: Yeah, you know, what Toto talks about in the book is that leadership is not about brains, but rather the thought that comes from reflection within the soul. And, you know, if if we stop and think about it, that's really what the scarecrow did. I mean, he didn't have a lot of brains, but he was very thoughtful, and he gained his thought through uh, perspective and through reflection. And it is by having that sense of reflection that we're able to gain a perspective on the situation, which gives us guidance on what direction to take. You know, in in my experience, you can be the smartest person in the room, but if if you don't think through the situation, if you don't consider all the possibilities and the implications, and you don't believe in who you are and where you want to go, the solutions are going to evade you. And so I I really think that... uh, Having that sense of understanding of thinking that it is about reflection is an important attribute that leaders need to have. matter of fact, I had a friend of mine when I was starting early in my career. He said, you know, Kevin, the most important thing that you can do every week is to go sit down for two hours and be by yourself and think about what you're doing. And that was some of the best advice I ever got in my career.
0: That's great advice. Do you still do that?
2: I still do that. I maybe don't get to do two hours,
0: <laughs>
2: but I really do give it a shot. As a matter of fact, every morning, uh, one of the things I do is I go through my list of things to do for the day.
0: Uh huh.
2: Sit by myself and I go through my list. I cross things off and I and I do it on paper. I'm even though I'm a technophile, I'm very much into the use of technology. I still do do this on my little cards that I carry with me but I come up with my list of things i got to do for the day. And I put the ones that are the most important in red, and the rest of them are in black or blue.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's my way of sort of organizing my energy for the day. Uh-huh. So I, I,
0: I do so a bit. similar thing. I, I actually um, think about how I want the day to go. So mm-hmm. besides just my list, I what kind of, how I want to feel, what kind of interactions I want to have with people. Yeah. Uh, you you said you made a, a comment in your book that you thought it was a good idea if every day we ask ourselves um, what what are you going to do do tomorrow to basically change the world, right? Or it was to make the world a better place.
2: Make the world a better place, yes. Yeah. So
0: that's that's a reflection too. Like, what can I do to make things better?
2: Absolutely. As <laughs> matter of <laughs> fact, it, it, that's what gives me energy every day. I get up and I think okay so what can I do today to make the world a little bit better and it's by chunking away at it that that's another part of leadership it's like it's not one big solution that comes as a result of being a leader it's really chunking away at the problems every day that gives you the solutions to problems
0: I I like that and you talk about the yellow brick road and I found You know, we all know the story of Wizard of Oz and and the Munchkins told her to take the yellow brick road. Uh, But something that I hadn't remembered was that there was another road, and that was the red brick road. Right. And um, what you say is it was a shorter road than the yellow brick road. Can you tell us why the yellow brick road was better to take than the shorter red brick road? Well, you know, sometimes the short
2: route isn't the way to go sometimes it's important to go through all the trials and tribulations that might lie ahead. In fact, by going through those trials and tribulations, we actually solve the longer-term problem. And, uh, you know, in the case of Dorothy, by going through uh, the Yellow Brick Road, she was able to find the scarecrow, which, uh, you know, with his thought and his perspective, was able to help her virtually in every situation. They found, you know the Tin Man uh, stuck in the forest, and, uh, and, and also the lion with all of his uh, bravado. That really was underneath, there was some courage there. And putting that together, they created a team of the four of them that uh, collaborated to, to go solve the problem. And if she hadn't had the scarecrow, if she hadn't had the Tin Man or the Lion, uh, would she been, have been able to solve the problems? Because the wing monkeys were out there anyway. They're going to fly down regardless of whether you went on the yellow brick road or the red brick road. And uh, that's the way life is.
0: Yeah, and the the other, it seems like that that's such a great analogy for whatever challenge comes up as we're moving towards our goal. To really pay attention to what we can learn from that and how it's going to help us achieve that goal we're wanting to achieve.
2: That's that's absolutely correct. It's also, I think, being open to uh, recognizing that there's going to be people along the way that we never would have thought we were going to meet that can really help us and can be a part of our team and a part of our effort and can buy into our vision on where we want to go and why we want to go there.
0: And, And really, so being so present in the moment that you're you're seeing all the opportunities you might miss otherwise
2: That's correct.
0: Beautiful. So what's why is it crucial for leaders to lead with heart as well as thought and courage? Well, I think
2: that by, you know, by leading with heart, that what we do is we we really put ourselves out there. Um you know, by showing that you have heart and that you have feelings for people, you really create a sense of your own vulnerability, uh, which allows them to say, you know, I want to follow that person. I I really believe in what that person is is telling me because they're not just throwing data at me. They're not just um, pretending to be the leader that I should follow. They're actually showing me that they want to have Success in the endeavor that they're pursuing. At the end of the day, I really do believe that results are derived uh, from relationships and that those relationships are the things that drive effective decisions. So, you know, one of the most important lessons that can be learned by having heart is, you know, how many people have you inspired today? And I think about that. I have to say that there are certain days where I really don't inspire very many people. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that we experience in life. But there are other days where you walk away from the experiences of the day and you say, you know, my gosh, I really got a, people, a couple people turned on to the ideas that I'm trying to, to lead or I'm trying to move forward as an idea. And that, that's really what change is all about. people will change and they'll go in new directions if you capture their heart. I think that's the essence of what the lesson
0: is all about. So it's, it's, it's sharing your heart and capturing theirs. I I liked what you said in the book about aligning um, our goals with the goals of those around us. Yes. Uh, th- those we're attempting to lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I work in a lot of different corporations, and I find that a lot of times leaders are giving out directives or orders or even vision statements without any input from the people that are working there right and you you said in your book leaders and followers need one another can you say a little more about that
2: well i think it's a very symbiotic relationship between leaders and followers <clears throat> in fact I'll give you a personal experience. I remember very distinctly when I became the chief medical officer, so sort of the lead doctor, for this large, uh, very progressive healthcare organization in the Midwest. And uh, when I did that, I remember very distinctly that I, you know, I was I was the leader, and uh, I was told by the CEO that I was going to be in charge of all this stuff. And I remember reaching out to that mythological lever and pulling on it and nothing happened and I went whoa what's going on there (laughs) and I realized as a result of that experience that I could pull all the levers that I wanted and nothing was really attached that if I didn't get the people that were following me engaged with what I was doing and encouraging them to pull the lever because they're the ones that had their hands on the lever That's how I was going to get things done. As a matter of fact, I just had this conversation um, last week with somebody about how this particular individual, I was was suggesting to him that he needed to really learn how to work through other people and that by learning to work through through other people, that he was going to be a lot more effective than if he tried to work over other people. And uh, to me, that is the essence of what leadership and followership is really all about
0: so how do you get the people engaged i mean one is that you share your vulnerability but what other things help to get them engaged
2: well you know as i as i pointed out i think it's about thought it's about uh you know being reflective about your thought it's about uh being collaborative and uh pulling people in it's about about creating a sense of trust you know um It's really interesting, the culture of organizations, if you create a sense of trust within an organization that it's okay to go out and solve a problem, people will do that. I I worked uh, for Mr. Ross Perot uh, at Perot Systems for a number of years and really enjoyed it, it was a fabulous experience and he was a fabulous leader. And one of the things that he created inside of the organization is the sense of, you know, if you take care of the client, They're always number one, and you will never be second-guessed. And I remember when Hurricane Katrina uh, hit New Orleans, and uh, all of a sudden one of the hospitals that we were providing services for had major problems and needed a backup generator, that in the middle of the night, an individual who wasn't very high up in the company made a solitary decision to to send a flatbed truck down to New Orleans with a generator on it so that the hospital would have electricity in the morning. And nobody second-guessed. As a matter of fact, Mr. Perot used to talk about how wonderful that was. And, you know, that, that came because that individual trusted the fact that the values that Mr. Perot talked about were actually true. So having a, building that sense of trust in the organization that you work in is really, really important. As a matter of fact, I would argue that how organizations, how large corporations get into trouble is when they don't foster trust, when they don't allow people, when when people are not clear where the parameters are, how they can make decisions, where they can make decisions, and for whom they can make those decisions. And that really comes from trust, which is one of the lessons that uh, Toto talks about in the book.
0: That's a, that's a beautiful story. And just... What a great feeling that guy must have had, knowing that Ross Perot had his back, that he was going to support him. Yep. Uh, that's beautiful.
2: I've got so many stories about Ross Perot and the stuff that he did like that. He, he was really quite an incredible leader. He was inspiring. Well, you know what? That's another piece, is uh, inspiration. Um, I, I think that that's another important element of what leadership is all about. You know, Dorothy in my mind, was a very inspirational leader, in part because she did collaborate. She got the lion and the scarecrow and the tin man to work together. She listened very carefully um, when, you know, all of the things were happening around her. She listened to all of those things very carefully. She listened to the wizard, and she solved problems, and it was through that kind of activity that she was able to solve a lot of problems and,
0: eventually get back home to Kansas. It it was really a team effort. Yep. It really was. Mm -hmm. Well, we're almost out of time, and I'm wondering if there's a last lesson from Toto's Reflections you'd like to leave us with. Yeah, I think
2: there is, and it's probably the last lesson that's in the book, which is persistence. You know, in my experience, uh, persistence is one of the key lessons that is important for any leader who wants to be effective. That you know, and that's what we talked about. That at the very beginning of the conversation, when we talked about failure. Uh, persistence in the face face of obstacles, from my perspective, is something that you know can accumulate over a lifetime. And uh, it's probably one of the most difficult, but probably one of the most important lessons of leadership. And from my perspective, it is the epicenter and the the fulcrum, if you will, of the whole list of lessons that Toto talks about, because by being persistent, we ultimately will be successful if we're willing to be patient and we're willing to focus on transparency and, and courage and all of the other elements that are talked about in the book.
0: I think uh, another one for me is not taking no personally. That means... um I can't even tell you how many times I've asked somebody to be on my show and somebody will say no and I'll I'll go back a few months later and ask again and they'll do, give me a yes. Okay. So it's that uh, not taking it personally or uh, just knowing that that's the way it is right now and I'll keep moving forward and see if those people are available again or can help me in a different way.
2: Right. I think that's very true.
0: This has been so interesting, and, and of course, you've got my antennas up on Ross Perot. I'd love to have you back another time and hear some more uh, good stories uh, that you have to share from that. And uh, thank you so much for sharing what you did, and I'm sure people will enjoy reading Toda's Reflections and finding out even more. So thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much, Sabrina. I appreciate you having me on the show.
0: You're welcome. Bye. To get a free sample chapter of my new program, The Winning Career, go to www.womensleadershipsuccess.com and sign up on the form on the right-hand side of the website. And thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brom, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabrahm.com.